Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing well today, and I'm excited about today's guest. His name is Cody Davis. He's a new member of the New England Patriots. He's been in the NFL since 2013, and he will join us in just a moment. Before that, let me ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? Well, go to healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options. It's healthmarketgenius.com. Support them as they support us. All right, you can always get in touch with me through email, Bryce at unpackingit.com. You can also sign up to receive our weekday email devotional that we call Unpack This. Today's devotional is about the Chicago Bears and Mitchell Trubisky and the idea of compounding mistakes and how that relates to our own lives. And so you can check that out, unpackingit.com. And if you haven't subscribed yet, be sure to do so. Today's conversation will include his story about being on The Price is Right, uh, his football journey going from the St. Louis Rams as an undrafted free agent to then L.A. with the Rams, then Jacksonville, and then making the decision to go to New England. He'll also share about his faith journey and being a dad of two boys, and, and his, pre- his pregnant wife uh, is, is due very soon with their third son. And so we'll ask him all about that as well. And let's see, he was undrafted out of Texas Tech back in 2013. And, and so he spent the first five uh, NFL seasons with the Rams and then the last two with Jacksonville. So he's a safety. He's a special teams ace. We'll ask him all about being on special teams and his mindset because it is a unique mindset to play special teams and to embrace that. And for the guys that can have a long career as a special teams guy, not, not talking about a punter or a long snapper or a kicker, but guys that are on coverage teams and, and you know, return guys as well, it's a good gig if you can get it. It's, it's challenging on your body because you're putting yourself out there. They're trying to make it safer now, of course. But, uh, man, if you can contribute and be valuable to your team on special teams consistently, it's, it's a good gig. It really is. So we'll, uh, we'll talk to Cody about that. Let's jump right in. Here is Cody Davis. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Joining us now on Unpacking It is a new member of the New England Patriots. He's a safety and a special teams ace. He's Cody Davis. Cody, so great to have you on. How are you? 
Hey, Bryce. Thanks for having me on. I'm doing great. How are you? Um, I'm doing well and, and excited to, to hear about your, your story today. And, and we'll start with, with kind of just what's going on in the world, but, but also what's going on with you personally. And it's been kind of an unusual offseason. So, so what has your experience been like from a, a football standpoint, but then also the, the family experience as well? Yeah, I mean, it's been a crazy off season. We always knew it was going to be a big off season with free agency, and um, we're expecting a third child. Uh, so we we already had that on the horizon, and then oh. this coronavirus came in and uh, added to the mix. So, you know, free agency started out um, a little hectic, and we're just truly blessed that the New England Patriots came in and made a great offer. And, and from there, it's just been trying to figure out all the logistics and uh, – in a pandemic world. Uh, so we, we've moved out of Jacksonville and into our, in, into our Texas home temporarily until NFL gets started up. Uh, so we're going to have a baby here in Texas and then wait to, uh, move to Boston when everything gets started. Wow. That that's a lot. That's a whirlwind, man. So, uh, as far as the, the signing with new England goes, what was that process like? Cause you, you kind of were anticipating, all right, I'm going to be a free agent, what what was the what were the conversations like? What was that whole process like? Yeah, I mean it was uh, it was a tough market. I don't know if it was the corona or I'm getting a little up in age, but uh, you know we it went a little slower this time than last time. So we're just on the phones trying to figure out what opportunity would be best for me. And uh, really, the Patriots is the perfect fit. Um, you know they they came in with a good offer, and I knew I knew at this point in my career I wanted to get to a winning organization. And uh, and on top of that, they had the elite special teams and elite defense. So um, just a really, really good fit. I was just overall excited and can't wait to uh, earn a spot up there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to talk more special teams in, in a little bit. But but with your uh, Texas background and then you were with uh, the Rams, St. Louis and L.A. and then in, in Jacksonville, what, what are your thoughts just on the idea of moving to Boston? And, and, and have you spent much time up? north or anything like that and how's your family kind of feeling about that that decision um you know i joked before free agency started we're gonna put it's gonna end up like a dice on the map you know we had the (laughs) middle we had st louis then we had the bottom left with la and bottom right with jacksonville and it just so, so happened to be now we're on the top right in boston so um no i haven't spent too much time up north uh been there for games and some tourist stuff but Really excited to get up there. Um, just the history, all the historical sites, ready to see that. And um, just the fan base up there is going to be amazing. So can't wait to experience that as well. Well, so, okay, so you've got two boys, right? And then you've got one on the way. So what? what's the, the third one? Do you know? Another boy. Another so we're boy. We're halfway to a basketball team right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So I'm I'm one of three boys. So I I know all about it. So that's, I'm the oldest of of three boys. So that's 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 cool. That's exciting. How how are you and the the wife feeling about everything? We're doing good. I mean, this is definitely to the point. You know, we're a couple a few weeks out, and oh, wow. Um, you know, she's feeling uncomfortable, and you know, we have two little boys, a four year old and a two year old, running around keeping us busy. So. Um, definitely, uh, definitely really busy, even though we're in quarantine, you know, mode. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been, been hectic a little bit, but, uh, you know, we're, we're just so excited and blessed to, uh, welcome this third baby to the world. That's neat. What's different about the, the third time around? 
I think the transition from zero to one was the hardest, you know, going from not being a parent to a parent, just how much responsibility, you know, and, and caring for this child goes on. Yeah. Um, even though we were prepared and ready to have a baby, you know, it still was just, it was a, a huge undertaking, you know? And then I feel like with the second one, it, it was kind of like riding a bike, I guess we were, <laughs> We were ready to go. We knew how to do everything, and communication was better. So um, maybe this third one will enjoy it even more. Just uh, <laughs> you know, learn to go with the ebbs and flows, the ups and downs, and just really try and soak in every moment because it goes so fast. Absolutely. Well, that, that's cool. That's a, that's a fun perspective. Well, well, you mentioned the the pandemic, and of course everything that, that that's been going on, and and I always. Uh, enjoy listening to different people's perspective on what is happening and so I'm just kind of curious from from your vantage point how, how has your faith grown or, or been challenged during this time and, and have you maybe even been learning anything specifically uh, during the pandemic yeah I mean I think it's been great overall um, you know everybody sees the struggles and there are um, there's no no getting around that um, struggles everywhere and from every different perspective. Um, but really, if you step back and look, I feel like our pastor put it the best. There's just so many new opportunities. Mm. Um, even though the pain and the struggle that that is going on, but we have an opportunity to serve those people. And then also, you know, it's kind of broken down these barriers to where it's not weird to, to ask your neighbor how he's doing anymore. You know, it's not weird to call people that you haven't talked to in a long time. Mm. So a lot of those things have been uh, really just eye-opening, just, you know, looking at the world and seeing how much worldly stuff we're caught up in each day now that it's taken away from us. Mm. Um, You know, some of that's just running on a hamster wheel sometimes. So (laughs) really just giving some perspective, I think, is the main thing. And and really signing with New England, it's been great to see their their group of guys and their faith journey um, immediately got tied into their Bible study, and we're actually doing a Bible study on Zoom right now, so that's just been amazing for me. Oh, wow, that's awesome. What What's kind of the, the structure for that, or what, what does Bible study look like, and how is it even maybe different from what you were used to in Jacksonville? Um, I mean, it's kind of basically the same that, that I've done with all my teams. Um, you know, we kind of take a book of the Bible and kind of dig into it, and and it's really been really been great for us. But you know, just how quickly we picked it up, even though we're not around each other, was really the the amazing part and the great part for me, just to try and get some structure um, in this unstructured time. What's that like? Because you probably haven't even had a chance to to meet everybody in person, right? Yeah, it's been great from that perspective too. I mean, I've yeah. I've pretty much met uh, you know, a, a lot of the players um, you know, through the Bible study. That's awesome. Um just face to or at least <laughs> screen to screen, I guess you call it, on the Zoom meeting. So, uh, I was luckily had met Rex Burkhead and Matthew Slater um before my time uh signing with the the Patriots. So I had known them. So to see their familiar faces was good as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, that's neat to hear that 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 kind of thing is still, yeah, going on and we're able to to connect with people uh, through video, which is, which is great. And especially for you being a a new teammate, that's got to be huge. Well, as you 
kind of transition away from Jacksonville. And, and of course, you're excited about the new opportunity. How do you look back on your time there? What were some of the, you know, the, the positives that, that took place and, and even some of the, you know, the, the relationships that you'll, you'll miss or uh, attempt to keep up moving forward? But as you look back on that time, what, what comes to mind? Yeah, I mean, I think my wife said it the best whenever we look back on Jacksonville. It just seemed like God set it up so seamless to go there. Um, you know, we were expecting our second child then. Uh, we do things in bunches, I guess. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we were expecting our second child. And, um, you know, free agency literally lasted maybe a day for us um, because we were about, uh, I guess, about six weeks out um, of having a baby. So it lasted a day and we were able to actually move to Jacksonville before we had our second child and get everything settled down. But yeah, I mean, relationships, we had some great, great teammates and, um, relationships we built. I think the the main thing that stood out to me is being able to serve the military community there. Yeah. It's actually the biggest military, uh, NFL city now that, that San Diego left, uh, for LA. So we had a really cool spouses dinner. Um, I, I guess my first year there and that just really stuck with me just how many military families are there and spouses, um, that just do so much for our country. Hopefully. Yeah. Some of those, those relationships, uh, continue moving forward. And, and so let, let's go back though, to kind of the beginning of your NFL journey and, and you came into the NFL undrafted out of Texas tech and you end up with the Rams, St. Louis, then L.A. So take me in. We just finished up the, the NFL draft a few weeks ago, and, and you know, a lot of guys sign that are undrafted and, and will go to camp whenever camp resumes and all that sort of thing. But, but take us back into that, that transition from college into the NFL, the experience of going undrafted. What do you think, back, when you think back on that, what, what comes to mind in that regard? very interesting you know these players go through so much to get prepared and uh, train it, it really carries over from their senior year um, you know you don't you don't hardly take a break you go straight from your last game into training and you train all the way up until the draft and you know all the media is hyping you up or down and you know it's everybody's dream to be drafted so to go through that all that process all the extras of like I went to a regional combine and super regional combine and pro day. Um, and then to go undrafted, you know, I, I invited my family in, made an event. I wanted to, to be around either way, but to go through all that, you're, you're kind of left frustrated a little bit and trying to figure out what to do. Cause um, you think some team's going to pick you. And then all of a sudden, right when it ends, the phones start ringing. I had, Maybe, I don't even know the final number, but maybe 10-plus offers from teams, and now I have to choose. And I was not prepared at all to do that. Um, So I I relied on my agent and, um, you know, tried to find the best opportunity for me. But it was a a high-pressure situation um, instantly and trying to figure things out on the fly. Wow. So what was it about the Rams and and, and – when you look back at that experience, what were some of the, the, the benefits and, and ways that you grew while you were there? Yeah, Jeff Fisher and John Fossil just called me up right after. I mean, my my phone was ringing off the hook a little bit, but they specifically reached out to me and was was really wanting me to come. So it just ended up being a great opportunity for me. 
as far as what safeties were there and, you know, their points in their career and everything like that. And then they're just pursuit of me and, and ability on special teams. So, you know, coming out of college, you put a four-year starter and then I didn't play special teams in Texas Tech. So I, I learned fast when I was there in uh, St. Louis and Jeff Fisher was an awesome guy for me and awesome coach. And, and John Fossil just took me under his wing and, and taught me special teams and, you know, it's all history from there, I guess. That's cool, and and now you've yeah made made a living really being a, a standout on special teams, and the the Patriots of course have this great special teams every year. It seems like, and and Belichick, uh, Coach Belichick, seems to you know always put an emphasis on it. And and so, what is the the mindset for you to uh, approach special teams, and, and even that that shift that you mentioned going from a four year starter where you never play special teams to then that being your your main focus uh, yeah I get, I'm, I'm fascinated kind of just about that that mindset and, and approach yeah I know I knew once I was undrafted you know I I just had to get my foot in the door somehow and I've never been you know any high profile player or think I'm too good for anything mm. um, you know I, I just try try to earn the best role I can and then once I do that I'm gonna try as hard as I can to be successful at that role so you know, I just, I actually ended up getting cut, um, the last cut my first year with the Rams. So I was like frustrated two days at home, no job basically. And, you know, then the Rams wanted me back for practice squad. So Mm. went back, did four weeks of practice squad. And then it ended up two safeties got hurt back to back weeks, which I don't think that that's happened in the rest of my career. Mm. Um, so just, the cards kind of fell and I ended up being on the active squad week five and have never been down since. So, um, really just found that role on special teams to keep my foot in the door. And, you know, I've found great success at it. So, you know, I love it. I'm, I'm out there to play as hard as I can on defense and special teams. And, you know, that it's the coach's decision to, to figure out who gets what role and then, you know, go from there. But, I'm going to try as hard as I can in whatever role I earn. Yeah, well, that's that's the right mentality for New England, that's for sure. Were the Patriots always kind of the team, the the destination that you you wanted to get to, or what was what were your thoughts about New England over the years, especially just from that perspective of knowing how great they were with special teams? Yeah, I mean, I've always had my eye on them, that's for sure. I mean, the teams that stand out on special teams, um, especially now that I've kind of carved out that role. I've always enjoyed watching them, you know, trying to get tips off of them and see how they're doing things and um, stuff like that. So I've always enjoyed them from afar. And then when the opportunity arose, it was uh, it was a good, good and easy decision. So, uh, yeah, I think I just watched from afar and saw always saw what I like. But I knew free agency is just crazy. You never know what's going to happen. You never know what teams are going to be interested um, you know, it's it's just kind of a, a roll of the dice once the once the starting gun sounds. That's right. And who would have thought Tom Brady would be heading down to Florida and as you're uh, making your way from Florida to uh, to, to Boston? <laughs> so uh, the yep. free agency is always wild. That's for sure. Well, well, let's uh, let, let let's hear just a, a little bit about your your faith as well, and and maybe a lot about your faith. We'll we'll unpack it uh, here today. And, and so I, I guess my, my question I always enjoy hearing from, from people like you is, you know, what, what were the key moments in your faith journey that, that you, 
you know, just look back and know that that was where, you know, God met you, that, that that's where he, you know, revealed himself to you, that, that something, you know, maybe major happened to build your faith, strengthen your faith, challenge your faith. And so maybe we can kind of go through some of those, those key turning points in your life. And so maybe take us back to kind of early memories of exploring your faith and, and, and what that looked like initially. Yeah, I think there's probably, you know, two, two really key moments I can think of, you know, growing up, um, real young, um, we didn't really go to church. Um, you know, we lived a small town, um, in central Texas called Stephenville, about 15,000 people. Um, you know, we lived down the country, didn't really, uh, get involved too much with church. And then one of our good friends invited us, um, and that was kind of the, one of the key <laughs> moments in my life, I guess, faith-wise is, you know, I just started going to church mm-hmm. and, you know, we were, it was a great community um, out there. So, so we started making it an every, every week thing, going to church every Sunday. And as I went, you know, it was kind of a, a good and bad thing, I guess, because, you know, I, I, I heard the word and, I believed in Jesus. That was where Jesus found me originally. And, you know, that was amazing. And then I also saw on the other hand too, which kind of stunted my growth, I guess you would say is, you know, I saw people going to church and then not making the right decisions or, you know, I always kind of had it in the back of my head. We were going to church because that's what good people do Mm. is go to church, not necessarily for a relationship with Christ. Um, so I kind of had two worlds going on, I guess, a little bit. It was, you know, I I truly did believe in Jesus, and but my life didn't necessarily start um, getting traction of that, I guess, um, in my younger years growing up. You know, that was all the way through high school. My my parents were relatively strict on what we should always do, and go to church was mandatory because <laughs> it was the right thing to do. Um, so that was kind of my my faith journey uh, growing up through high school. Yeah. Okay. So I guess I'm even curious as you were initially going, and, and now all of a sudden, so your whole family kind of bought it, bought in after that invitation from a friend. Is, is that right? Yep. Okay. So yeah. So yeah. yeah so, what, so we started going with our friends. So yeah, because because to me that's such a great uh, just encouragement that you know we got to invite people. People are willing to come to church. So I'm just curious though, if you guys you guys went from not going to all of a sudden going, do you remember what those conversations were were like and just kind of what your willingness level was at that time? Yeah, I mean I I was really young then. Uh, Okay, it would be hard to remember exactly, but I mean I think we were pretty excited at first. We were already we were pretty excited the whole time, but. I think for us, uh, you know, going to going to church with friends was awesome. And then, um, you know, I was paying attention and hearing the word and 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 hearing all these stories as well. So I was growing in my faith. Um, But then, you know, on the other hand, like I was saying, I was still struggling a little bit to, you know, really make my faith my own because it was like instantly mandatory. You know, Mm -hmm. nothing could get you out of it. You had to go each week. Um, so that was a little interesting. That's right. Okay. So then now you end up at Texas tech in college. How did your faith grow or how was it challenged then? Yeah, it was immediately challenged because all of a sudden I have all this freedom now, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you can make your own choices. So, 
it was immediately challenged because, you know, I was, I was forced. And then now, you know what, I have a choice. And in that first year, I didn't make the best choices. You know, mm-hmm. I, I didn't go to church as often, um, you know, probably every now and then, uh, kind of whenever I felt like it or not, was not as tired. Um, you know, I, I, I think I just failed to make it my own and made it, make it a priority. Um, I think the true, the second probably big point in my life was a turning point where, and you can kind of split this in half, I guess. I, I met my to be wife and then also our team chaplain, you know, really just preached a message about, you know, who are you doing this all for, you know, playing football and, you know, are you playing for the audience or, you know, it was titled to God be the glory. And I think, you know, those two things happening in my life really just all of a sudden I, I turned towards the Lord and really caught on fire for him. So, um, you know, my wife, uh, my wife to be Ashley met her and, and she was, um, strong in her faith and building in her faith and going to church. And, um, so that relationship led me to start going to church again and then coinciding with the, uh, the message that my team chaplain was bringing each week. It just, um, really hit home. Oh man, that's awesome. Now, now, uh, three, almost three kids, uh, later with your wife and, uh, and, and that's neat. So what, what does that, uh, I guess, look like now in your life as, as far as being a follower of Jesus and, and really recognizing that difference between, all right, just going to church and, and some of the, you know, you're going back and forth, living the, the world's life versus actually following Jesus to, to now, you know, really building that foundation with your family, with your marriage and, and, and ultimately choosing to follow Jesus daily. Yeah. I mean, I think it started out building a great foundation. Um, and, and really we had an amazing, like I said, team chaplain and Bobby Dagnall, um, there at Texas tech. And, you know, he kept preaching the message for me and then he ended up being the one marrying us. Cool. Um, and we did premarital counseling with him and, and really he just set that foundation of, you know, Jesus is in the middle of y'all's marriage and the closer you get to him, the closer you get to each other, um, making that the priority and even going through a Bible study of, you know, what marriage looks like from a biblical perspective, kind of like what I said with having kids, you know, you don't know until you're in it. Um, (laughs) you know, we didn't know what, what marriage really truly was, um, until kind of those Bible studies and that counseling stuff, uh, you know, really opened our eyes. Um, to how big a commitment it was and um yeah from there it's just been it's been amazing i mean i can't say a single bad thing about it and um i, I still say we're in the honeymoon phase so oh, that's <laughs> we're awesome. still, uh growing together and just having a blast and i think we're both growing on our faith every day and really supporting and encouraging each other gosh that's great to hear really really encouraging and and so for for you as a, as an NFL player, you mentioned being a part of different Bible studies, and of course that that helps with with growth. Uh, what ha, what has your experience been like being a follower of Jesus in the NFL? The 
the, the positives of it or, or maybe some of the, the, the struggles with that? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely positives and negatives. Um, I think for me, you know, the positives are, you know, like I said, the Bible studies, we have team chaplains around, um, just getting to know my teammates and their faith and, um, you know, the whole praying on the 50-yard line, um, that's become, you know, a, a normal thing, um, mm-hmm. you know, just getting to see and meet other guys outside of your own locker room. There's uh, Pro Athletes Outreach. It's called the in- the Increase Conference, which I took part in the first year, and I, I need to go back. I've been a little little busy with all these kids, oh, but yeah. um, a really good outreach opportunity there with all pro athletes and really just get away from all the media and just get with each other and get into God's word. Um, so those are, those have been really positive things. And I think also the platform, you know, I've, I've tried to get involved in FCA um, in every location that I'm at and um, just try and use what God has entrusted to me and, and be a good steward of it. That's so trying to use the platform uh, to affect others have all been positive things. And and as far as kind of where where you're at today in your faith, what what are some some ways that that God's really uh, just you know teaching you different things or, or ways that that you're you're personally growing? Yeah, I think for me is um, you know growing in the simple things. It's just the consistency. I mean, that's that's in sports and in life. It's just you know the the prayer life, the getting into your word. Um, you never, I love the saying, you never graduate from the gospel. Ah. It's just the constant renewing of your, of your mind and renewing of just your priorities. And, you know, I think growing up, you always think, all right, you, you get it in line and then you'll have it in line the rest of your life. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just not true. You're, you're constantly reorganizing your priorities and trying to get it back to where it should be. And, um, so yeah, that's been my life, especially in with the, with young kids and trying to get your workouts in and your stretching in and meetings and all this other stuff while you're at home, just trying to find the time to read your Bible and pray and, and grow just consistently. That's definitely been a challenge in this pandemic. That's right. Yeah. Make, making it a, a priority and that dedicated time it's uh it's key it's key and it's it's so tough with so many distractions like you say pull, pulling at us all the time uh but man no i appreciate you sharing all that and and just uh yeah great perspective and, and insight uh from cody davis well all right so last question and i'm sure you get this a lot because i was doing some research and 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 read that you were on price is right so I'm sure lots of lots of fans of prices right out there, and uh, we all you know, growing up, whether it was a sick day or whether I was with my grandparents, the prices right was on. So you were a, a contestant 2017 celebrity charity week. Is that right? T- tell us all about this. Yeah, so I, I think when most people see that, they think the Rams set it up or something, but it was actually just kind of out of the blue. Um, you know we we were in l a. We wanted to go experience. You know, every time we get in a new city, we kind of make this bucket list of things we want to do. So, you know, going to a game show or something like that uh, was high on our list. So we ended up going and getting some tickets for Prices Right. Most TV shows, you get free tickets. So we signed up and like, all right, we'll do this. And so we show up at like 8 a.m. to get in line. 
you wait, you wait there for like three hours (laughs) and, and go through this interview process of, and that's kind of where they pick who's going to be on the show. So anyway, we go in and we're kind of seated towards the front. And I think originally they had just planned on me being in the background because you can kind of see me as the game's going on. And um, someone else ended up getting picked. And there's a rule where you can't go back on the show for 10 years after you've been picked once. So they they pick a guy to come down, and he had actually been on the show before, so they had to stop the show and <laughs> ask him to sit back down. And, you know, they already have set up who all they're going to be picked. So anyway, that goes on, and the show is almost wrapping up, and I'm like, oh, I guess I didn't get it. And I, I ended up being picked last to come on down, and so I think I was the backup pick after that one guy failed. Oh, um, man. So I had a chance to bid one time and luckily got it, got on stage and got to play punch a bunch and won a bunch of prizes and I think $5,000 in cash. But Celebrity Week was kind of, uh, that was just kind of random. We just happened to be there at the right time. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. So what was the item that you uh, you bid on to, to actually get on to play a game? It was a kitchen island. <laughs> really? So it was like, a, it was a kitchen island and... A cappuccino maker. Um, so it's funny. I turned around and asked my wife what I should bid. And she said 900. And I was like, ah, you know, pressure's on. So I just throw out, I think it was 1200 or 1300. <laughs> Quite a bit higher than what she said. Oh, wow. And she thought I blew it. And I guess everybody else did too, because they bid under me and I got to be up on stage. <laughs> I love it. That that is cool. That's a that's a fun experience, and I love that you were just there as a member of the crowd and then made it on. Uh, that's that's a yeah. that's a neat story. So you'll always have that one. That's that's great. Was it yeah. was getting up there what you thought it would be? How was it different? Maybe. Um, I think the biggest difference, and I guess a lot of people who go to shows say this, is the stage is always so much smaller than you think it is. Oh, interesting. Um, you know those rooms are not that big, you know, they kind of pack everybody in there. The, the stage isn't really that big and it all looks bigger on TV. So I think that's the case with most, most TV shows like that. I like it. That's cool. Yeah. The only show I've been, I, I was in the crowd for uh David Letterman uh, late show uh, years ago. So that was cool. So I was, that, it was different too. It was cold in there. I don't know what it was like for you, but it was cold for the, the tonight show. Yeah. Now that you said that it was, it was chilly. They said that, I think they keep it so cold because once the bright lights are on, it heats up the room. So maybe that's your explanation. That's it. That makes sense. Well, man, no, that's cool. <laughs> and glad, glad you, uh, you actually won while you were on there too, which is great. Um, but man, well, excited for you. I know the, th- the third boy is coming soon and, and you got a new franchise you're a part of and, uh, an exciting time for you. So, uh, really appreciate you coming on, sharing about your faith and, uh, man, wish, wish you the best moving forward. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. There's Cody Davis from the New England Patriots joining us here on Unpacking It. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. We're back in studio here on Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson, and what a great conversation with Cody Davis. 
And I just I can't get over what a big jump that is to go from the Jaguars to the Patriots with or without Tom Brady <laughs> to, to go play for New England after uh, spending time in Jacksonville. Uh, that's that's a pretty good upgrade. Now, I know I know Jacksonville was a game away from, I guess, the Super Bowl a couple years ago, but it's got to be nice to go to New England, especially if you're a special teams guy, because they value special teams in New England. And I know most teams probably do, but the Patriots take it to another level. All three phases. Belichick has his hands in everything and and really cares about special teams. That's why he went out and got somebody like Cody Davis. So good for Cody, and that'll be interesting, making that move as a Texas guy up to Boston, especially having spent time down in Florida. So uh, wish him and his family the best for sure. Well, uh, so many cool things we, we talked about with him from a fun standpoint. Him going on The Price is Right is great. And it made me think, if I could go on any game show, what would it be? And I'm really getting into Who Wants to Be a Millionaire again with Jimmy Kimmel hosting. Love it. I love the setup. I, I do pretty well. Like it's just, especially with the celebrity version, a lot of just general trivia knowledge. And I, I do okay. Whereas The Price is Right, uh, I don't really do a ton of shopping. I, I, I rarely buy anything, <laughs> quite frankly. So I don't think I do as well on that game show. Some of that is luck as well. So I'd go, I'd go who wants to be a millionaire. I'm not saying I'd win a million bucks, but I'm saying I could compete. Especially you got to leverage the, the lifelines. So that would be the one for me. What would it be for you? Like Jeopardy's, that type of knowledge, eh, too much for me. Too, too much kind of history. I'm not a big history guy necessarily. Um, Wheel of Fortune, I'd probably do okay, words guy. But that's always tough and a lot of luck on that one too. Uh, so anyway, I land on who wants to be a millionaire. Email me your choice or send me a text. Bryce at unpackingit.com. Bryce at unpackingit.com. And uh, would love to hear <laughs> where you come out on that. Um, all right. So the part of the conversation that I want to unpack a little bit further here is, first up, I, I kind of mentioned it during the interview, the idea that somebody invited Cody's family to go to church. They went, and now, all these years later, Cody's a follower of Jesus. So encouraging to hear. we got to invite people to church. It can change their life, and sometimes we're just hesitant to do it. And, of course, we can't go to church at the moment, but hopefully here soon. Um, so that's encouraging. But the other part of it is this circumstance that we, we find ourselves in when it's either someone who's questioning faith or maybe new to faith, and they see other people, even at church, that claim to be Christians and their lives don't reflect Jesus. You know, they'll maybe see him on Sunday and they are raising their hands and praising God, and then they see him during the week, and they're acting a, a way that isn't very Christ-like. And it's confusing. It creates a lot of confusion for people that are, are new to the faith. Now, for those of us that have been around church for a while and have been followers of Jesus, I think we understand that people are in process, and there, there are times when People don't fully understand what it means to obey Jesus day to day, and they're still kind of one foot in, one foot out from the world and from the, the, the life that, that God calls us to. 
And, and we all wrestle with that. We all struggle with that. You know, kind of, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted over here and I go this direction and then, oh, I got to turn back toward Christ and, and follow, follow his way. And so it, it is an ongoing battle for sure. But as we mature in our faith, that becomes less and less. And people that know us, they know, oh, yeah, he's, his faith is real. Sure, oh yeah, he made a mistake here or there, but overall, like you can look at his life and it it, it it adds up. What he says is what he does. He believes the Bible, he follows the Bible, and it it makes sense. But there's no question that there are hypocrites that are just not living their faith out and or they or they're not even really Christians when it comes down to it. Um they're still trying to figure it out themselves and they're in process. And the the biggest takeaway for me though is and not that Cody got into all this, but it just kind of triggered this conversation, is the, the fact that hypocrites turn people away from Jesus, but the problem is it, it should actually turn us toward Jesus because it's just another reminder that Jesus is the only perfect one, and we need grace and forgiveness, and we can't save ourselves because we'll never be good enough, because we're always going to make mistakes. There's always going to be a part of us that is hypocritical and, and a part that can never walk perfectly every day. And so that's why we rest in the Lord. We rest in His strength. We rest in His grace and His righteousness, not our own righteousness. And so I, I just get, I, my heart breaks when people turn from faith or, or they say, I don't want anything to do with church or I don't want anything to do with God because it's just a bunch of hypocrites. Well, yeah, it, it is. <laughs> like we're all trying to figure it out. Now, it frustrates me when when people are blatantly hypocrites and they know better and they're they're just being selfish and foolish. And there there are those people that are kind of willingly just being sinful. And so, yeah, they they give Christians a bad name. There's there's no question about it. And when when pastors fall into you know, blatant sin and get caught up in it and they, you know, have to step down from their roles and all that. It's disappointing. It's heartbreaking. But again, it goes back to our need for grace, our understanding that we are imperfect people in need of a Savior. And and so hopefully that's what drives people to the cross. And so when we show up to church, we recognize that, yeah, we're all trying to continue to grow and develop and mature and understand who God is more and more, and and we just continue to recognize our own depravity and our own brokenness, and it, it points us to Jesus, and it points us to our need for Him. And so if we're basing our own faith on whether or not somebody else is living it out, we're gonna we're gonna be disappointed and we're gonna be miss we're gonna be missing out on experiencing Jesus. So sure, we can look to people as examples and you know people that are spiritually mature and and pastors, teachers that are speaking the word and 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 teaching us and show you know showing us how to grow. Those are all great things. But but for us to put all of our hope and faith into a pastor or into other Christians that are are you know struggling along as well and that causes us to give up, that's that's not the answer. I hope that that makes sense. I hope that's encouraging to you. Would love to know your thoughts on that. It, maybe you've experienced hypocrites or people in the church that have turned you off. I'd love to to hear your story on that. Trust me, I've I've been around it all, and I've been the the hypocrite at times myself. 
And it's why I, I talked a little bit about this uh, on the podcast with Matt Schick about cultural Christianity, and that's part of it too. You can listen to that podcast to hear that topic. But my encouragement is we each have to decide every day to die to ourselves and follow Jesus and, and follow him as our ultimate example, and, and we can't let other people's stumble cause us to stumble or, or struggle, right? We can't, we, that, that can't, we, we don't want to fall into that because a lot of times it's an easy excuse to give up. Well, oh, they, they said they were Christians and they're acting a fool. All right, well, that's between them and the Lord. Like, they're going to have to be accountable for their actions, and, and they're going to have to repent and, and move forward uh, from what maybe they're caught up in. But for us, we gotta, we got to be right with God through Jesus and, and admit our own sin and, again, our own need for a Savior. So I hope, uh, I hope that is encouraging for all of us to just keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. <laughs> Ultimately, that's how I always want to, to end the podcast, to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus because we get distracted by so many other things. So that's my encouragement today. Thanks for listening to Unpacking It. Thanks to Cody Davis for joining us. As always, I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.